Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Talkscamers Podcast. My name is Simo, and in today's episode, I am interviewing author Jim Keoghan. Jim is the author of the extremely popular How to Run a Football Club, but in today's episode, he's on to promote his brand new book, Is It Just Me or Is the Modern Game Shit? which is the best title I've heard for a book for a very, very long time. In this interview, we talk about his inspiration for the book, the changes in football, and where we think the game is going. Jim is a fantastic guest. We greatly appreciate him coming on. If you would like to check out some of Jim's work, the links are in the description. We encourage you to do so. He's a fantastically talented author. Without further delay, this is my interview with Jim Keoghan. I hope you enjoy it. Um, How you're on a football club, am I right in saying that? Yeah, yeah. That that, that was your award-winning sort of like... That's the one that that's up for the um, the Telegraph uh, football book of yeah. uh, the year. But kind of tonally, it's very different to. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's quite a kind of serious book that mm-hmm. looks at um, the English football pyramid and kind of goes from the grassroots, goes from like um, junior football right up to the Premier League, and looks at you know what's working, what isn't working, mostly what isn't working in English football. Um, but uh, you know, uh, the the new book is is quite different. It's it's more about kind of the I guess the the kind of frustration that a lot of football supporters feel with with kind of what is term modern football. And um, you know, whilst whilst there are lots of great things about the modern game, um, there's a sense amongst a lot of fans that it comes at a cost. Um, so kind of my idea was to kind of write about those those costs in kind of like an an A to Z. Uh, partly tongue in cheek, but also um, you know making points about kind of the many things that piss us off about modern football. Really, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I quite what, what actually took what. So you've you've, you've written um, how to run a football club. It's obviously people have really really enjoyed it, and you've had this like major tonal shift to, to this <laughs> most recent book. And I'm not going to lie, this most recent one is is way into my my sort of preference. Uh, the last sort of like maybe five or six football books I've read before. Um, starting on the your, your your brand new one, have been essentially love letters to football, and I think as they sell really really well. I mean, even the, the last author we had on was a, a guy called George Sefton, who has been the stadium announcer at Anfield for like fifty years. Yeah, and um, it, I, I read his book. He sent me he sent me a signed copy, uh, copy, and it's it's a beautiful book about you know this uh, this guy you know being part of an institution for fifty years and the, and the ups and downs of the football club throughout that, and then. Before that, it's autobiographies about the ups and downs of football. Very much love letters to football. And then I've, re- I've read the, the outtakes of your, your brand new book, and it's just so honest. I mean, I, I, there's not like, I think you sent me about six or seven pages, and I couldn't find one thing that I didn't really agree with. And <laughs> I mean, the, the, the bit you sent me opens with comparing Jamie Redknapp to a yogurt, uh, which is, uh, which is just great stuff. Um, uh, so what was, what, what, what was the inspiration of having that major tonal shift? Um, was it just was it always in the bank, or is it something you always wanted to write, or was it sort of was it a trigger moment that said, right, okay, I'm going to write this um, sort of funny critique that's you know 
blatantly obvious and in the foreground there's 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 a lot of truth in it but it's quite it's it's in a way of saying oh, this, it's still football you can still love the game but yeah. you know there's a lot to laugh at well, I think, I mean, a lot of it is just things that you've talked about with your mates over years. I mean, I think, you know, I'm, I'm sure I'm not uncommon that kind of you, you sit around and, and you talk about football and it, inevitably you get onto the things that, you know, the, 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 there's the things that you love and there's the things that you, you piss, that kind of piss you off. Um, and I, I'd written occasionally about such things. I think I'd written in the past about things like half scarves and um, kind of the massive kind of inequality in the Premier League. It just, it just kind of, I, I, I touched on the, on the subjects um, here and there, but I was kind of, I think it was in the, the first lockdown, I was looking for a, something to write on um, that, I mean, this, this just sounds really lazy, but I, I, I was kind of, all my previous books had taken loads of research work, you know, interviewing, um, you know, interviewing fans or, or chairmen or, or players. Um, and I was after something that just... Um, it didn't require as much work, probably. And um, so that kind of tied in. I, I, I was thinking, like, you know, I'd written on these such these kind of subjects before and I'd, uh, you know, I, I was looking for kind of a, a cathartic write where you just kind of unload on the page about everything that annoys you. And it's it's enjoyable. I mean, you know, really, just, just to like kind of, you know, whinge and moan and take the piss out of the things that annoy you for like you know through the, an entire book by the end of it i felt really good because i think all this kind of years of that event <laughs> but it, it is it's just a massive event of all the things that you know you know you sit there you, you mentioned rednap you know you sit there for years watching rednap uh, as a pundit thinking like how is he getting work when you just like, there's nothing to it he just tells you exactly what you know like a nickel <laughs> chamber, and he's just, you know, and yet he, he's, you know, a, a massively well-paid pundit, and he's respected in the kind of the broadcast industry when, like, you know, people like him and Michael Owen are, like, stealing a living, really, and um, to, kind of, to kind of get that out on, on paper, I, I, I really enjoyed it. It's very honest, and it's a lot about what we think, and I think people in the industry, like, if, if people like yourself who have to talk to footballers and broadcasters and stuff like that, I mean... You cannot just openly go out and slate these guys, but you, you've just you've just told it exactly how it is. I mean, it is Jamie Redmond is far. He's on the fence far, far too much, and I think he's been criticised for that openly. Yeah. And I think if you asked him, and if anybody asked him, to, and he was brutally honest about himself, he probably said he's, he's on the fence a wee bit too much. And he is definitely there as a, a sort of you have if you're going to put a Graham Souness and a, a Roy yeah. Keane, you maybe need a red nap um, <laughs> yeah. in between them just to sort of yeah. like. I mean, Mike Mike Richard is is kind of stepping into that role of the. Um, Maybe taking some of the edge out of Roy Keane, yeah. Um, but I Definitely. actually, I actually quite rate Michael Richards upon it because I think he's quite enthusiastic about the game, and you know he does actually care. But at the same time, <laughs> it's always awful bias in some reason. But I don't think there's anything anybody that's completely the, the complete pundit. I mean, you, you can have you know your, your Roy Keane sort of haymakers, and and you know I mean he is just there for the for the box office sort of yeah slagging off a millionaire that's kicked the ball for it, and, and you know it's it's all it's a. People that get invested in this level of football, I think it's just it's hard. I, I don't know how they can do it and 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 not find any of it funny or not find any of it sort of laughable. Like it is, it's, a, it's essentially a theatre, a big stage, really. And I mean, and I think the the way you kind of bring out all these sort of blatantly obvious things that that everybody knows, maybe some people in the industry would be quite you know tongue in cheek, wouldn't want to really say. Um, I think that was really well done. Well, I think I think with a lot of punditry, I think as as kind of punters, what what you want is yeah, you know, I think partly to be entertained. You want people who are uh, kind of charismatic and are kind of will draw you in. But equally, you do want to be uh, educated. I mean, mm-hmm. I think um, in the um, the recent Euros, I've forgotten the name. The the, the manager of Chelsea Women, who was like, I think a, 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 a ITV uh, pundit, and um, you know she brought like a level of you know, intelligence analysis to what you said. It made you realise just kind of how short change you've been over the years from kind of the the punditry that that, get, that gets normally served up. So, I think um, a, a lot of the kind of the, the pundits that I criticise in the book, it's it's, it's often uh, it's partly because they're very partisan and mm-hmm. to it to a kind of annoying degree. But equally, there are people like Redknapp, like Owen, who um, I mean, what are they offering really? When you see kind of people do it far better you that's what you want you want people you want these are ex-pros they should be revealing things about the game that we don't know just to have kind of what we know as fans palette it back to us we're not experts we really know how football works 
So it's um, I, I've always found it kind of really irritating when you get these people who are they're not offering anything to you really. Um, you know, red naps are not a big example, but I mean, Michael Owen just really irritates me when he comes on telly. It's not just because he's an excellent pool player. He is, that doesn't he is help. the worst. On, on, yeah, yeah, on the yeah. box. So if you look at your BT and your Skies, everything, yeah. anybody, any man and a dog would probably come yeah. out and say Michael Owen is by far. Definitely. <laughs> and it's not by a small way either. It's a good <laughs> no, it's long. definitely not. No, it's like <laughs> so he is. But, when, but again, like, it's kind of well known and people say it, and yet he's still employed. That's the thing. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. You know, and it will be for years to come. Yeah, I mean, you'd, you'd expect somebody who's not very good at their job to not have a job, and yet Michael Owen is terrible at his job really terrible, you know, historically and currently a terrible pundit. And yet, season in, season out, it will rock up on our tellies again, telling us exactly what we already know, which is just weird, I think. Do you think it's just recognisable faces? Because when I watch a, a Champions League night, right, and the pundits, the lineup will be inevitably, you know, Rio Ferdinand, Michael and Steve McManaman. And we'll be talking about a game that's like, it'll be, it'll be a Manchester United and a... I'm just plucking these out and plucking these names out of that, and that Spanish team and maybe Villarreal. Real. Um, and not one pun that there knows anything about Villarreal <laughs> or the Spanish yeah. leagues. Yeah. And the, the constant referencing to other leagues being inferior to the, the Premier League in all aspects is, is completely ridiculous. I mean, obviously, there is aspects of the Premier League that they do excel in. Um, the Premier League has completely changed. I mean, if you look back to sort of like 15, 20 years ago, the Premier League was maybe known for being a, bit, a little bit less technical than mm. the European leagues abroad, whereas now that's maybe changed with the import of, you know, your top-level foreign managers have brought a lot of, you know, philosophy and ethos yeah. to their game and, and, and implied that and, you know, into their teams. Arsene Wenger was a, was a big, um, I would say, like a trendsetter of, of bringing a different approach to football to, yeah. to you know, the, the Premier League. But just because we now have a, a great, a great league to watch now doesn't mean that all other leagues are inferior. I mean, you've just seen. I mean, I, I would, I would question if even any of those pundits know that PSG didn't win the league last year. <laughs> you know, because <laughs> it's right. just, it's, it's just the they're on there getting paid an absolute, you know, fortune mm. to talk about this these European fixtures, and I just think the lack of a, a an expert in it to come and tell you how it really is, how how what is the current state of Spanish football? You know, why are Real Madrid and and Barcelona? So dysfunctional at the minute. Why are uh, mm. we seeing you know Atletico and, and and other teams like Villarreal compete really well in Europe? And you know what is it about Unai Emery that, that, that gives him success in tournament football and a and a and a different sense to other managers? And you don't really get any of that. You just kind of get here's here's forty five minutes of Man United and what they've done this season, yeah. and here's uh, five minutes of highlights from Villarreal from you know, two a, a tournament two years ago, you know, it's, it's so it's so in your face. Uh, but I think yeah. to the average viewer, that's kind of appealing. If you're not like crazy anti-football and you just you are just there to watch, you know, the yeah. a, a big fixture on telly, then maybe you don't really massively want to hear an expert talk about it. And maybe maybe that is why I couldn't really speak to why the reason that they, they pundits make it on week in, week out, but I think that may be yeah. the um one of the reasons. What what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that's a really good point. I think you're right. I think that, I mean, there's obviously in, a, in, a, in any audience, there'll be people, um, I guess, like us who want something more. Like you, you, you know, as I said before, you know, you, you, expert analysis and that, that touches on what you said. You want people who understand, um, you know, if, if they're brought on to discuss a European fixture, you want them, I would want them, you'd want them to know and understand both sides, both the kind of the, the English team and also the kind of the foreign opposition. Um, but maybe you're right that, you know, we are only a proportion of the audience and there are people out there who just want to let it wash over them. They're just, they're just there to treat football like a, an entertainment product, which is, a, you know, again, think about modern football. You know, there are lots of fans out there. There are people who just watch it to be entertained. They want to mm-hmm. see, they want to see recognizable faces. They want to see, uh, kind of comforting chatter from their pundits and they want to see goals and superstars and they engage with, um, there is, there, I mean, yeah, there is definitely a pun, uh, a punter out there who engage, engages with football differently to how you and I would. And, um, mm-hmm. the neutral yeah. that, that's in, in love it's, with the game exactly. as a whole, you know. Yeah. And it's, and to, and to them, it's just, uh, yeah, they want to be entertained and, um, they don't want to see, you know, nil nil draws or, you know, tactical wars of attrition they don't want to see their pundits massively analyzing the game they just want to 
have a nice relaxing two hours of television. Um, yeah. And yeah, I think you're right. I think it's that kind of plays into that. It's a recognizable face who will provide some kind of comforting background noise, really, in between the action. The, the thing is that these rights to these matches are so they're behind. You know, the BT and, and Sky they fight over the rights and and they divide them up, and that's why the, that's why the, we've got so much money in in the Premier League mm-hmm. at the minute. But the uh, the, there is no there is for us the neutrals that want to see. I want to see an expert talk about something passionately and give me another insight that maybe I've not thought about before, or maybe yeah. I've not heard before, or something that's going to yeah. really make me think and make me invested in this match, this fixture. But we don't really have that. We kind of need to make it up for ourselves. That's why we have podcasts. We have, you yeah. know, um, for me, Tifo football is, is a huge one. Oh, one yeah. I go to for like, if I, yeah. if I really want to think what, they'll, they'll put out sensible, they do, a, they do a series called Sensible Transfers and I love it because it's just a different take on because it's, Everybody just wants to say, oh God, just go buy Harry Kane. How many pundit, how many times have you heard in a Sky Sports studio? Just go buy Harry Kane from whatever <laughs> side. Insert, insert top six side, Harry Kane. Mm-hmm. You know, and you've heard it at least 10 times. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of, you know, it's, it's, um, I suppose it's just, it's lazy. That's what it is. Isn't it? It's, it is, lazy. It's, it's, it's lazy, lazy. Lazy journalism, lazy broadcasting. It's, it's, um, it's not analytical. Um, as I said before, that's why it was Emma Hayes, the Chelsea manager. I mean, mm-hmm. when she provided her analysis, I, you don't hear people talking like that. She, the things that she was saying was a, a genuine insight into what was happening and kind of what managers were doing and how the game people was changing. People hate that. Yeah, people hate but that. I, I, <laughs> I, I, you know, there are I, I. You know, I love football and I want to learn more about football. I want to hear this coach. I want to hear this coach. It's yeah, coach I, top level exactly, in her game. Yeah, yeah I want to hear. Yeah, exactly that. I want to hear how what's happening. I don't just want to, you know, someone's come on uh, as a sub. A normal pundit would say, oh, they just come on and they'll tell you what's happened. And you know that. You've seen it. But, you know, you, you want a pundit to break down why they've been brought on, what's happening, is it working, is it, you know, what wasn't working. Um and, I, and you mentioned TIFO football. I mean, they're fantastic. I, I think I, I mentioned them at the, at the end of my book. I do kind of a list of things that I love about modern football. And they're on there because, again, it's a different take. You can listen to kind of talk sports or watch Sky Sports and you'll get fed the same thing. Like you said, you'll get kind of, you know, by Harry Kane. It's by been fed the general. Exactly. And it's, so it's um, going to go on the front page of the, the papers, you know. <laughs> exa- exactly, exactly that. It's just kind of, you know, back page fodder. And it's, um, and, you know, if, you, if you're not asked that much, then that's probably fine. But like, I, yeah, I, I, I want to know more about football. Mm-hmm. I kind of, I, I love the sport. I know that I don't know as much as other people, um, especially on things like coaching and kind of how, kind of, you know, how teams work. And, um, that's what I want, but um, again, I, you know, um, we're probably not the majority. The majority no, I would, won. I would argue we're we're sort of like maybe five or ten percent of the <laughs> yeah, audience. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. You know, for being generous, for being yeah, super generous, very generous know. there. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, we we are we are well, essentially a neutral podcast, and we are we are fans of top six clubs, and we we mm. do buy into all that sort of like you know we we do talk about big moves like Harry Kane, but generally we're making fun of them. Uh, we do understand it's. If you're talking about if you're talking about football on a neutral level, as we talk about, we do a Premier League show where we talk about all the games of the Premier League, all the events that have happened, um, or go, or we think will happen, and it's sort of fixture. You know, our growth has been very much sort of like you know, like a, on a graph, it just gradually, gradually creep, creeping up. Um, but it is a like we started Total Liverpool, which is essentially a fan channel break off of of us. And the the growth is instantly there because it's it's much more accessible, isn't it? Because the fans, they, they you type in Liverpool, they 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 know what they want. They want just yeah. and the, the audience just grows instantly. <laughs> you know, we mm. had, you know, I think it took us, you know, maybe like two months before we had a like hundred downloads in a screamers episode. Um, first like first or second one, I told Liverpool, you know, instantly <laughs> uh, over a hundred downloads or whatever. Um, but yeah, it's, I think we we do represent that sort of like. Um, small and minority and, and, and the audience. But I think they should cater for us in a certain way. Normally, so if someone comes to me and asks, where can I learn a wee bit more? Tifo football is a big one that I point to. Mm-hmm. I've been watching them since they were maybe having like 75,000 subscribers on YouTube as we are kind of jump into Tifo. Don't know what it is now. It must be upwards of a million, surely, for the, um, the quality of the content they put out. Um, but let's come off the, the top level of the game. So I work for a, a semi-professional football club um, called Devonville. 
Um, the, the the challenges of um, semi-professional football are much different <laughs> than oh, yeah. the um, than the uh, the uh, uh, the challenges at the top. We don't need to really worry. Oh, we've only spent a hundred million pounds in a midfielder. Now we don't have the hundred and sixty. We need to go buy a striker. Um, <laughs> someone play that violin, you know. <laughs> no, those aren't the, the 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 issues that face you at semi-professional football. Do you? Um, do you have any sort of love for the for the lower leagues or the or the or the lower end of the pyramid? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, I've um, I, I go and watch uh, Lewis FC. I don't I don't live too far from them, uh, and then they, they, I think they're playing at like step three, step um, three, yeah, of the of the kind of the non league system, and it's um, it's a, like it's a fantastic. I mean, I'm, I'm still it's a good gonna, day out. I think other people I think people put off because they don't think it's going to be a good day out and they're not going to see good football. It's a, but you don't need to go far up that pyramid to find. Really good quality football. Really, I mean, I think maybe once you'd say uh, the the non league system was pretty much route one and quite mm-hmm. rough and ready. But like you know, certainly now the like the the national league is mostly professional. It's a very good standard, and that's that's dribbled down uh, into kind of the as you go down the pyramid. There's obviously it's it's more rough and ready, and the, mm-hmm. you know it's it's a less comfortable football experience like you're not going to buy pick and mix on the concourse like, like you do at West Ham or somewhere like mm-hmm. Lewis but it's um to me it's a more kind of immediate kind of football day out I suppose you're kind of you're right next to the action like somewhere like Lewis like you can, you're, you're next to the, to the players yeah. coming out you can smell the deep heat from, yeah. the, from the game from the players and it exactly you can hear them you can hear the managers bollocking them that's, that's the that's for me is the best thing about yeah. the, the tiers of football. So the, the club I'm at, we're the fifth tier of Scottish football. So just, yeah. we are the tier below the professional football league, right. um, or the other football league, uh, as you would say. Um, and th- when you can, you, when you're understanding, you can hear the coaches just belting out, and you can hear the players competing for challenges. It's yeah. a great day out, man. It's, it's it's I encourage anybody to do it because you know the world end club. They just they just need bums on seats. Is yeah. <laughs> it's the only thing we sort of we we um. Aim for really, and uh, Lewis FC to step step three. I need to I need to check them out. Maybe we get a friendly organised. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you find though? Have you are you able to kind of? Uh, are, you, are you a Liverpool fan? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So Shame how do you, <laughs> how do you find kind of your like like I'm I I'm an Everton. I I like yeah. Lewis, but like if I go and watch them, it's nice if they win, but if they if they don't, like I still leave the ground feeling. All right, had a good where, day out. Exactly. Whereas if Everton don't win, I leave the ground like feeling like horrible. Are you able to kind of? Are you? Can you share your love or do you? Yeah, you know, absolutely. How, how do you I think? So the club I grew up with um, in my hometown Paisley it was yeah. St Mirren, and I'll, I'll always be a oh, yeah. St Mirren fan. Um, but when you are a neutral, it's it's nice to have stakes. And my favourite league um, from from always going up is was uh, the Premier League, mainly from FIFA games like FIFA. You know, yeah. I was. A, a, a footballer myself, and you know, I that was that was my team. I loved Liverpool, I loved Steam Gerrard, yeah. I loved the ethos of Liverpool, I loved mm. the Scottish players, uh, the history, mm. and everything yeah. like that. So, you kind of buy it. Yeah. And I was never, I wouldn't ever say I have the stakes of a Liverpool fan that lives in Liverpool or an Evertonian, you know, that lives in Liverpool. I wouldn't say I right. have the, those stakes in the club. I love going to Anfield and having a great day out because it's, it's fantastic, <laughs> it's yeah. not a whole lot that's yeah. better, but, but I also travel abroad. You know, I'll go see Borussia Dortmund as well. It's a, it's a fantastic day out. You know, there's not much better than, than in terms of football days out that really? you can have. You know, I really do appreciate football at the top level because you know it's it's a fantastic watch. But at the same time, you know, I think for St. Mon, I'm completely. It's a different love. St. Mon's like a it's a passion. If if Mon lose, as we often do, um, but we're in a good spot right now. We're not, mm. we're not too bad right now. But uh, that is a that's a hurt. You know, if we get pumped, nice. that's that's a hurt. That's a real hurt. You know, and that's where to get you. Yeah, 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 and the same with Evanville. You know, when you part, I think you know I never had any connection to this club until I I joined them as, as their head of media is what I do for them. But I'm still still by job to to improve the club and and certain aspects and be invested in around the around the the guys and stuff like that. Um, so when we lose, I still feel it. I still think, oh God, you know, it's, if only if this happened, if a transfer yeah. was this way, um, or on a different day. And you, I think it's even. A manager comes out and sort of says, you know, on a different day, you know, we, we don't get this result. Or the boys were good today. I could kind of see that today because I know the guys sort of kicking around. I know the manager on the touch, touchline. I thought, I don't know them that well, but I, I know all of them. I talk about them. I watch them play football. I interview the manager. Um, so I, I'm empathizing with them. I think, yeah. oh God, we were good today, but we just didn't get the result. Or, 
we're nowhere as near as bad as that, that scoreline reflects. So we're in a transitional phase and they're in a phase where they're trying to compete for titles. Things that you, you, you sort of empathise a wee bit more is, whereas if, if you're a fan, it's, oh, we were shite today and we're shite <laughs> because we were shite, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think, I think that's really interesting because, like, you know, traditionally with football, it was you tend to have one club yeah, and you support them for life and no matter what. I think that's kind of a, a ridiculous notion, by the way. Yeah, it's just but, luck, but luck where you were born. I mean, yeah. and I've, I, I've, I've, like, I, like Lewis FC might be closer to you than than Merseyside, you know. Yeah, um, <laughs> Goodison Park or or Anfield either, but it doesn't mean the only team you can support in your life is is Lewis FC. Yeah, you know, I I don't really subscribe to this gatekeeping in football. I think it's I think it's dying. I think you know when I kind of uh, certainly kind of I I coach um, like under thirteens team and like mm-hmm. you, for them you, you the idea of having one team you've got this kind of this now this kind of plurality of of um, fandom where. Yeah, you can you can have a foreign team, you can have a local team, you can have a Premier League team, and mm-hmm. and still kind of have a connection to to all of them. Whereas, um, yeah, I, when, when I grew up, it was like you 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 chose you, that was your team. That was the but same I, for I, me. I, yeah, <laughs> I, I say chose. I mean, I, I had like I when I was kind of really young, like three or four, I liked the color red, so I was kind of getting towards Liverpool. Liverpool. Then my mom is like a fiercely like horrific Evertonian. Mm-hmm. She she said to me that uh, Father Christmas doesn't visit Liverpool fans. <laughs> and I was like four four years old. So I was like <laughs> shit myself. Like, oh, I don't know. I'll switch. So I switched. And um so she technically robbed me of decades of like European success. And, oh yeah, you'd had a good you know, old time, you know. Wouldn't I? You know, the the eighties and even into the nineties and beyond, like, you know, European Cups and Istanbul. It's a tough old time for Everton. Yeah, yeah I, 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 I I could have had like, you know, Istanbul and, and um, you know, the recent clock revival and all I've had instead is kind of a, certainly a a good time in the eighties, I don't deny that, but actually mm-hmm. From like 1987 until now, one one cup mm-hmm. and like a lot of heartbreak. Yeah, and it, a, lot, a lot of nearly teams, a lot of teams that were just this close yeah. to being great as well. Yeah, and also some teams who were that close to being really shit as well. Yeah, so, you know, you <laughs> that know, close proper, to being relegated. <laughs> you know, two two like horrendous um, relegation uh, scares. So yeah. it's um, yeah. So that was uh, so I, di- I didn't even get a choice in that. I was kind of threatened to become mm-hmm. Evertonian. So it's um. Yeah, but I think think nowadays, you know, when, when I talk to kind of my son and his mates, it's different. You know, it's it's much kind of more more fluid, I guess, than it, than, than it once was. Yeah, I think. And you know, socially, like, if you look on, I don't know if you ever heard the term football Twitter. Football Twitter is essentially just like people that talk about football on Twitter, but it's generally by sort of like nameless, faceless people that have like uh, a footballer or a crest as a badge, as, mm. as, a, as a profile picture, and they talk. About football, a lot of hot takes, a lot of talk sport takes. If you if you take if you take that sort of phrase, yeah. And a lot of these, I, I I don't I'm not involved in it. In fact, I actually completely handed over the social media um, aspect to screamers to, to Billy and Jed because I just I just don't really want to be involved in that <laughs> sort of talk. Because every time every time somebody came on and said uh, something good about the podcast, I take it really really to heart as well. If someone said something bad, you know, I'd be I take it really personally as well. I'd be like, oh, it's oh, hard. Do it. It's real ass fair, you know. And those are my yeah. mates you're talking about, you know. Yeah. <laughs> however true <laughs> however truthfully <laughs> but yeah all of these they're, they are, they're actually kids so they'll be between the ages of like sort of like 12 and, and 18 and um, they will talk they will support players rather than teams yeah yeah which is a, a, a bizarre whole new thing isn't it whole Concept new kind to of me. yeah can you imagine I've grown up like you could, uh, there's players that I, I love Terry on me but I didn't yeah. support Arsenal at any point, you know? No, no but um, it's kind of, it, it is a thing where like you, you'll get people now who are like Messi fans. So right now, yeah. they're, so right now they're, they're PSG, PSG shirts. Yeah. So they, they sold the money back for and, and shirts for Messi, mm. right? And I'm not saying every, every, every shirt that was sold there was by, bought by a, a PSG fan. I'm not having that. No. And uh, I think that the follows on their Instagram as well for PSG almost doubled to like 79 yeah. million as well. Yeah. So these kind of, Players that have reached astronomical levels have their own sort of like fandom that are just they're willing to follow the player definitely the club, which is definitely. a, a whole new thing that, for me. Well, we had we had that with uh, James Rodriguez when he came to Everton. So suddenly you've got people the Colombians, 
Yeah, massive, yeah. massive. Everton are a massive club in Colombia uh, because of you know one patchy season of having a hammer. Yeah, I think it's just again, it's you know, I think I I, I think I touched on that in in the book. It's kind of it's it's younger kids who are kind of maybe brought up on FIFA and mm-hmm. kind of into into kind of superstar footballers and yeah, and they they kind of their club allegiance is uh, is dictated by, by the player. Yeah, whether they whether it's Mbappe or Haaland or Neymar or Messi, that's where their love is for that uh, kind of individual. And it'll just travel around uh, kind of European elite wherever that player ends up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's happened even closer to Scotland. Uh, Celtic have a great young player called uh, Kyogo, and I don't know what team he came from, but he's brought like a a support with him, and there was SPFL like highlights, and they're normally on YouTube, and normally they get about forty four thousand views between forty four thousand and one hundred twenty thousand. His first yeah. one uh, one point six million views. Oh, it's incredible! Like the jump in the and the average. From yeah, the people that have obviously they've acknowledged this player, they they, they feel a connection to this player that yeah. are now watching them in Scottish football. I think it's something we don't really think about that you know a much. You know, it's and I think it's 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 definitely a new thing and. Yeah. Like, I'm not that old, but I feel old in comparison to this new generation that are coming up. And it's just like, oh, well, I'm an Eden, I'm an Eden Hazard fan. And it's not, it doesn't really matter. I support, I support him for the good and the bad. And mm. I'm just kind of like, I, he's a player, though. You support yeah, the institution. It, you support the bricks and the mortar that do, yeah. you know? <laughs> well, that's, that's quite a kind of, um, I guess that's kind of like an old, like a football league. Uh, approach to football that kind of, and maybe people of a certain age, if you kind of been to maybe you know, 30s, 40s, mm-hmm. and beyond, or you, or even late 20s, you sort of you've got that kind of memory, like mm-hmm. a muscle memory of, of what football used to be like. But actually, if you're 12 and all you've known is this form of football, maybe it makes perfect sense. You, you think, why would I just support a team? Why, why can't I just support some a player I love who's kind of brand i have a connection with which is i i think yeah for us it's kind of inconceivable you as you said you support the bricks and the mortar and the tradition and the community but i suppose maybe to a traveler they must look at that and thinking why would you do that why would you yeah, just exactly the, why would you the, the owners so, can change and the owners yeah, well, exactly. the club. and i think well they have a certain point and yeah. that because the, the club can change with ownership you know or the Definitely. philosophy of the club Definitely. can change with ownership so does the bricks and mortar even stand for anything it's yeah. all very and also, philosophical like, Coming from yeah. children, but <laughs> yeah, that's, that's quite a twelve-year-old. That, um, but it's like, um, yeah. But I mean, you know, they probably look at us and think, "Why would you have tie yourself to one thing for life when that you know when that thing is, you know, take a club like Everton? You look at them saying, you know, you're probably never going to win the league. Why would you? Why would you stick with that? It's why, why not be portable in your kind of um, support? But it's um, it's alien to me, and I, I, I can't get my head mm-hmm. around, and I couldn't be like that. But it's. I think it's probably the future of football. Probably, I think that people like us will probably be less common as uh, in like thirty, forty years time. That'll be more the norm, I imagine. See, I would like as a Sitmon fan. We win a cup every ten or so years, maybe. Yeah. And I, 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 we're having a good run every ten or so years. But see, when we win that cup, <laughs> it's bedlam. <laughs> it's, it, it, it's, <laughs> yeah. it is the day, you know. It is me and my yeah. dad in the back door with our shirts off, screaming out nothing. <laughs> Sort of, you know, it's it's yes. that that's what it is, you know. And but the the fans of these big clubs, oh, I'm a fan of one of these big clubs. But yeah. when they hit these trophy, like Man City fans, I feel can can do nothing but like point fingers elsewhere. Well, we did this one, no one's acknowledging it. No, no one's yeah. acknowledging it, and yeah. there's a constant feedback I get from Man City fans. It's just because if you do something all the time, so Manchester, uh, Manchester United suffered from this as well. People just start mm. to expect it, and it becomes much less incit- excitable. Like when they. They won the title last year, I think, is the the scenes outside the Etihad. You know, it's like 30 people, you know, going, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. Sort of it's like, not a big deal. No, it's just, it just, it just happens. You know, it just happens. And, and, you know, if a club has got to transition as quick as they did, you know, you can't expect to, to grow that support and not think that, you know, there's going to be sort of tourist fans there. They're going to have to yeah. give away tickets to fill that, that huge yeah. stadium. But they, 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 a lot of them totally reject that that notion that those fans were there from the start, and you know, and I, I, I'm more of a realist and say that's that's probably not the case, and there's nothing wrong with that, you know. And that is, you know, if you're going to support a super club like this that doesn't even really operate as a business as most clubs kind of do, 
these top yeah. six clubs like Manchester United and, and Arsenal and, and Liverpool are there for profit, you know? I mean, Stan yeah. Kroenke can, can own Arsenal, make a hundred million every year that they stay in the Premier League. Minimum, you know? Minimum. <laughs> he doesn't need to yeah. do anything. Granted, he's yeah. just spent 130 million and not a lot, but. <laughs> 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 and not a lot, but, you know, these, they, they are run like businesses, the, the top six, but when you have a, a Man City or a PSG, those are owned by essentially countries. Mm. And they are like advertising boards for these countries. Yeah. So yeah. they don't really need to operate in terms of like, like Man City had no, no, no reason to sell Sergio Aguero, but they could have. Yeah. They could have absolutely, they could have got 50 million for him, absolutely. Yeah. He was only 30 year olds, but they yeah. just, they just don't need to. It's the same with PSG. They just had a 160 million euros bid for Mbappe. I'm not going to accept that because they don't need to. It's just, just not, you know, they don't need to balance the picture. Really. No, and it's I different. It's, it's, it's a different t- world. Yeah, it's, it's kind it's of it's, it's, uh, football's changed. Uh, I think beyond recognition, very very quickly. Yeah. I think you're right. These kind of these elite super clubs. I, I mean, they're not they're not the norm. They're not like the rest of the pyramid in this country. They are they operate in a, in a completely different world to, to the majority of clubs. And you, and you mentioned kind of you know working for a semi pro club, although both although everyone's playing football. Kind of what you're experiencing is nothing. Like no. what happens at Man City, it is so different. It's a different. Uh, it's no, it's two just different things. It's like yeah, you know, exactly. It's a, it's a different day out. It's different. Yeah, what you're watching. It's a that was a completely different. It's chalk yeah. and cheese basically. Yeah, um, and that's just a bit of football. I think football's just so drastically, rapidly changing now. I feel yeah. like the the you know the Barcelona and Real Madrid are absolute insistence on trying to keep up with Manchester City and PSG. Mm. It's just ruining them, but if if they continue yeah. to do sort of things like that, they will just absolutely they will run their clubs and liquidation if they continue down the path they're going. Oh, definitely. Um, I, I think um, I think the the word you use there is, is key when you said it's rapid. That then that's the problem. It I think feels it's, like it's so fast, it's so fast, and so kind of clubs are, are taken by surprise. They're making they're cocking up, making mistakes. Fans are kind of dizzied by what's going on. You know, it's it, it's it's. You know, it, it's changing. I, I think I feel like it's picking up speed as well. I think that, that's part of the problem. It's not. That's not just. It's uh, accelerating, isn't it? Exactly, exactly. And it's you know, you 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 wonder where it's going to end. Me, I you imagine? Yeah, I think I think we can all guess it'll probably end some form of European Super League, probably. And then that seems inevitable. Whether it's in the, the form they want or whether it's kind of UEFA mandated, I don't know. But it's um, it's uh, you feel like the games kind of getting. Um, out of your hands, I guess mm-hmm. is kind of the feeling that you know there was maybe maybe a sense of, of ownership maybe mm-hmm. 30, 40 years ago where you felt connected to your club and you felt like you mattered and and, and you know the owners were, were recognisable. They were kind of local boys made good. Um, similar to kind of what a non-league team is now. You, you know, mm-hmm. people people following the club were local. It was reassuringly cheap, easy to get in. The owner was you know just could buy not, a ticket at the gate. Exactly, yeah, they weren't, they weren't you, reselling for six hundred pounds. You know, yeah, you, you can decide. You can decide at half two, thinking I'll go to the match today, and you, and you get in, and you, you get, see you get, people, you, and you stand. With your, yeah, exactly. So you stand with your mates, sing with your mates. The, you know, the owner was like, you know, not easy. He was rich, but he wasn't too different from you. Um, as you say, it wasn't kind of you know the the kind of reputation washing arm of a, of a Middle Eastern state, and and it wasn't um, you know sixty pounds. To get in, if you can get a ticket in the first place, it's um, that that kind of that that sense of connection and kind of ownership that you once, mm-hmm. even though you even though you were an owner, you know you you were still just a punter, but you felt like you, you felt were, part of it. exactly that you feel you were connected and that kind of um, and you felt like the game got you and appreciated you, but that's that's going, I think, mm-hmm. and it's um, I think it's you know although we, we can say that there was a like a victory recently over the. European Super League. I think it was a, a weird victory. I think mm-hmm. um, it it's rare for kind of Sky, the FA, the Premier League, and the to fans be to be, also <laughs> to be exactly, and also to be on the same page. I think mm. it's you know we are not natural allies. Those groups. I think it just takes the European elite to work that out and try and pick off. Members of that kind one of coalition, yeah. Get get Sky on board, get BT on board, get the FA on board, get UEFA on board, and suddenly you kind of you will change, yeah. And you pick apart that alliance, and and if, if it's just the fans facing up against all this, I I would put my money on the fans losing probably because mm. we actually don't have that much power really, and Do it's you know uh, 
100% agree with you. I think of that exact same scenario that we went through a few months ago happens, but Sky come out and say, what a great idea this is. Yeah. And Gary Neville just hits on there. Oh, I can't believe it. I can't wait to watch. Yeah. Oh, man, man United play PSG four times a year for no particular reason but you know <laughs> and they just get behind it you know I think we're looking at we're looking at a Super League yep. we, are, we are looking at a Super League I think so I was I mean I, I was surprised how kind of cack-handed the launch was I mean these people are meant to be smart and they've they've sort of run football how they want for a long time but they, they, they really balled it up when they launched mm. it it was really badly done so you can't imagine they'd um they do. They'd be so cack-handed again. They, 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 it was just so. I think it was the ultimatum of it. It was you're in, yeah. you're out, and the door yeah. is open right now. And and the, it was a prom, the 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 promise of if we, we shut this door, you will be left behind. Yeah. Um, with the money that the Super League rejected, they were on about you know three hundred million every year to every club that was involved. Oh, Can you imagine that to Arsenal? Dizzy. You know, Dizzy I mean, right, yeah. Even they could. Well, I was going to say even they could maybe not spend that as terrible no, as they're spending their money just now. No, but, they, they still you know. off. They still find ways to blow fifty million on a on a iffy defender, probably. But it's um, yeah. I, I, I just I imagine in the future they will learn from their mistakes and they will slowly. There will be another yeah. approach. Yeah. If there's too much money behind it, there's too much, you know, and that's where kind of like you know that's where football support is heading. You know, less and less people support their local clubs. More and more people are kind of into these elite super clubs. That's what kids want to watch. You don't want to watch, you know, West Brom against Burnley, nil-nil. They want to watch PSG against Barcelona. They want yeah. to see recognisable superstars. If that's where the, the kind of the demand is heading, then inevitably that's what's going to happen. You know, but people can still have these attachments to the clubs where they do kind of feel part of it, you know. I mean, if you come to Devonville and you, it's not some owner that's like somewhere off in the distance just picking up the cash. You know, you want to see the chairman, he's all standing over there, it's Jim. <laughs> you know, go say yeah. hi to him if you want. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's a pretty yeah. nice guy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and they, are, they are making decisions that are good, best for the club, best for the community, as best they can, they can within their ability, you know. And you can have that. I'd just say if you just look... Have a wee Google of your local area, anything below the sort of third, fourth tier. And below that, you know, you turn up, you're part of it. You know, the minute you sit in that seat and you cheer for a team that you don't know, you know, you're part of it. You're part of yeah. it. And the people there, yeah. they appreciate and you know you're appreciated. Do you know what I mean? When we see a crowd come in, it's like, oh, I'm so glad everybody turned up today for this match, you know, and we can get a good day out. And we can, everybody can have a good day out and we hopefully get a good, put a good game on for these people that showed up, you know. Um, but you're not, you're just not going to have that connection. I, I personally, like, you're not going to have that connection sooner rather than later, and the the rate that football is changing, I just feel like it, there is there is a there's a destination at the end of this train line we're on. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think it's a runaway train as well. I think it's yeah. um, it's it's sad because but um, it's I think it's sad for people like us. Maybe not so sad for people who are you know just want to be entertained, just Some want to watch. Love it, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think it is. I think it would be immensely popular. That's kind of mm. the, the horrible oh, yeah. thing. I think that there is a market out there for people who just want to watch the biggest teams play each other week in, week mm-hmm. out. I mean, if, there, if there wasn't, the Champions League wouldn't be popular. It is. You know, people, it's hugely people, popular. Yeah, people who, who don't have a horse in the race will watch Champions League. I mean, I'll watch it. I mean, Everton oh, never yeah. going to be in it. But I'll watch Champions League games. Um because it's, I even enjoy the Europa League, to be honest. Yeah. Because it's, it's a, a completely different dynamic, yeah. you know? There's an appetite for this. Um, and if, I think if they get it right, if they kind of market it right and, and maybe tinker with what they're originally planning, I think it will work. That's, yeah. you know, the, people kind of, when it was launched, they were saying, oh, people won't stand for it and no one's going to watch it. They will. People will watch it. The, the, and also, the market for football is not England. Mm-hmm. No, there's a, a billion yeah. people tuning into the yeah. Premier League every year. We think, we, we, we think we're, we're important, and we are because we go and watch, we go and physically watch the games. But actually, the stadium. yeah, the, but the demographics of football are you know emerging markets like China and India. It's like if that's you know that's um, then maybe they have different tastes to us. Maybe they want to just watch this, and, and if they want to watch it in in enough numbers, it'll happen. Mm-hmm. I, I completely agree. I yeah. think when they iron when they iron out, and they will probably. I think I, if I was a betting man, the next approach will probably be something that encompasses the the um the the clubs staying within their domestic leagues in some yeah. aspect, and it yeah. might be that the clubs are they're so big that they almost have two teams. They have a domestic team and a and a team yeah. that plays in the Super League. I could actually see that yeah. happening. 
Um, because if the number stays at 300 million, the transfer market will just be obliterated. It's like the Neymar transfer. When the Neymar transfer, the game was never ever going to be the same after no. um, Neymar no. went to, no. to PSG. It was never going to be the same. And it's it's still- different, different numbers, isn't it? I mean, you, 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 it's, like, it's like you're saying, like Man City this season, like, you know, they're going you know, 100 million on a midfielder, and they can, if he wanted to, they could do 160 on a uh, forward. You know, even teams just below that, even teams like, you know, uh, Villa and Everton, West Ham, they can't operate on that level. You cannot compete with these kind of super clubs anymore. And and you know it's um, with kind of, as you said with kind of you know figures of like three hundred million being banded around. The kind of the, kind of the lesser super clubs are going to want to be in on that because it's the only way they're ever going to compete. I mean. That- Barcelona, as I've said before, Barcelona and Real Madrid are absolutely determined not to be yeah. left behind these clubs. Yeah. yeah. Well, at the same time, being being run as almost like businesses, and they just cannot. And the sooner they accept that, I mean, the the fans on Twitter that are calling for Liverpool FSG out because Liverpool haven't spent you know two hundred million of transfer, mm-hmm. they're not particularly keen for Liverpool going and run themselves into the ground for a no. sheer bankruptcy. No. If, if the squad is good enough, the squad is good enough, you know, and. That's what people forget. I mean, the numbers connected to players aren't necessarily just a reflection on a player's ability. You know, we've seen Aaron Ramsdale move in recent, you know, days, weeks for forty million pounds. A keeper that's been relegated um, two or three times now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's and you know a team like Aston Villa be able to to demand a hundred million pounds for a player that never played a Champions League game yeah. in his in his, his career. Or one silverware and he's our like top top level silverware in his career. It's, it's it's ridiculous and, and it's only going to get more of that. And it's you know you see players like Azjad and Shakiri. I thought had a fantastic Euros. His stock must have been actually really pretty high. Mm. He had a really good tournament in Euros in, in terms of showing off his qualities. Obviously, it's hard to get in the park when when Mo Salah is a, is yeah. a player ahead of you. Yeah. But it doesn't mean you're any less of a, a fantastic. You know, fourteen million pound. Who go for? How is he, you know, not even half the player of Adam Ramsdale or even, you know, yeah, of the player of weird. Ben White? You yeah. know, it's it's, the tra- it's just so weird at the minute. It's mm-hmm. hard to call the price of players. <laughs> yeah. It's also weird that, like, a club like Liverpool can't keep up. I mean, Liverpool are enormous. You know, in, yeah. like, they're kind of, your international reach of a club like Liverpool is phenomenal. You know, you're one of the most mm-hmm. popular clubs in the in the world. Got, you know, massive brand recognition. Make money, you know, you know, you know each season make millions always sell out you know after you know you recently won the Champions League recently won the league got a fantastic mm-hmm. manager great squad and yet you're struggling to keep up against City I mean it's, it's you know how if you know if, if Liverpool can't yeah. keep up and, and any other time period this is a period of dominance you know yeah. and any other yeah. time period where oh, Manchester yeah. City doesn't exist this is a yeah. period of dominance for Liverpool yeah. Well, this is like um, the, the, the early 80s again, where it's just yeah. you, are, you are the team. When but, everything. Um, yeah, you know, but you've um, got this kind of money machine down, just, down, down the motorway. <laughs> so, well, sort that, we can do this, we can do that, we can do that, and then you're done. And Liverpool think, well, how, you know, what did we do? We can't go and spend 17 million again on on, 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 a, on a defender. That's what's done. And that's, that's, that's Liverpool saying that. Yeah, so how you get it wrong, like, you get it wrong, you know? Yeah, so, so how, how can clubs like uh, West Ham and Everton Hope to compete when you've got a giant like Liverpool struggling. It's um, it's, it's, no. it's mind-boggling. You just yeah. need to make, sh- you know, I mean, if they've not got like, I think this this is why you've seen recently the stock of managers rise so rapidly. Yeah, have you noticed that recently that the the the, the, the competitions to get managers to clubs? Yeah. I mean, I've lived my entire life where there was too many ma- there was too many top managers for the clubs to, yeah. to fill them. You'd often see a, a manager, a top manager, be out of work for like two years, three years, come back, manage top side, see what happens, and then that's the way it would be. Now there's just not enough top managers to fill no. these clubs because no. management is now held in a high, I feel held in a higher regard than just spending power, you know? Yeah. I mean, if you look at a David Moyes and compare him to the an Arteta, David Moyes is a higher calibre of manager than, than Arteta. Yeah. Yeah, um, just because he, yeah, of what he can get out of, yeah. of his team, you know, he'll get you. He will, yeah, stock well, he'll is get never, <laughs> never going to be higher than it is now. No, <laughs> I think someone like Moyes can get you. Like he'll he'll take a club like Everton and West Ham, and he'll make sure that you are. He will buy well, and he'll get you competitive. He, he might not yeah. crash into the top four, but he'll get you sixth, seventh, eighth. Yeah, I Made think a lot of people. Are, yeah, exactly. Really, really kind of tough and competitive. But I think yeah, people are looking for a kind of you know. That he's like the mid-table version, uh, 
And then at seven o'clock is the elite version, the, the manager who'll come in and he'll work his magic and he'll get you challenging for the title. But yeah. as you said, they're, they're, they're few and far between. There aren't enough going around. I mean, there's six elite clubs in this, you know, kind of in, in our league. There's only one club. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, uh, you know, there's, there's several mid-table clubs. There's only one Moyes, only one Benitez. says. And there's a lot of managers out there who just they're not good enough, and it's uh, and I think you're, yeah, you, you, you're spot on, and you, you, and you're right. People are kind of the, blows my, my mind. The, the stock of managers has never been higher, really. Well, I know they got no social in, in charge of Manchester United. They burned through the, the elite level <laughs> managers, didn't they? Yeah. They just went yeah. through. The, they went through David yeah. Moyes, whose stock was tremendously high yeah. at the time for the yeah. for the great work he was doing. He had a fantastic Everton Everton side yeah. playing, and. Uh, Went to Manchester United, didn't work out for them. Louis Van Hal came in, you know, a top tier manager, held in hugely high regard as well. Couldn't get a word. Josie, enter Josie Mourinho, couldn't work, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and then eventually they just needed to say, we just need someone in the door that can get a feel good factor that's not a huge mm. personality that we're going to have to constantly fight against to get our decisions. You know, if you, if you, you these clubs realize if you get a Louis Van Hal and a, and a Josie Mourinho, you know, those managers, because of the caliber they are, they're going to fight back at every single yeah. position. Every yeah. single decision they're going to fight back if they don't feel it's the right one. Yeah, okay. I've only got a social. I was just really happy to be there. His CV <laughs> looks like Cardiff, Cardiff, you know, Cardiff yeah. in a in a Norwegian side. Yeah. You know, mold, Cardiff and mold. It's like yeah, it's, yeah. you know, you, you can't just say Alatea, his first job in the top flight. Arsenal, that's, you know, Frank Lampard to Chelsea. These yeah. are top clubs that are just they cannot find that top level manager yeah. Yeah. to 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 fill them. And I thought Everton were ever so lucky to get Carlo Ancelotti even in the door for a season. And I mean, I think that if he could have, he showed some really good signs. I think when he's had that first 11 4 3 3 good, I thought he's well, definitely going to. If he's could have had some sort of squad depth around that, he's maybe yeah. been able to yeah, really do right. something that season. But yeah, because Carl loves a 4 3 3, it's the way he likes to play. He had to adapt to a 4 4 2 to fit that side because he just didn't have the players to fill yeah. it. But like, you know, if he'd been given maybe three, two or three more years. Yeah, I think um, you're right. Yeah. You know, I, I honestly do think he's, he's pushing into that Europa challenge for, for Champions League. But, you know, I, Again, the world runs out of managers and enter Real Madrid, you know. It's not exactly. Gonna... <laughs> and what, I mean, what, what are you going to say to that? You know, you've got Madrid calling, uh, you know. There's only living... one answer. Yeah. Madrid I mean, call. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> so, as, soon, as soon as the rumour was out, we, I think we all knew that that's it. He's, I mean, and of course you would. I mean, why would you stay at Everton when you can go to one of the biggest clubs in the world where you've had success in the past and people love you? It's like, it's a no-brainer. Yeah. It? Was there much malice here, Jim, when he, when he went? There was, I think there was, I think the speed was a bit kind of, I think, you know, he'd been talking about kind of, you know, summer plans and, and talking to Marcel Brands about what he was going to do. And I think since suddenly he was gone. Uh, so I think people felt he'd been, I think people felt he'd been a bit, uh, a bit of a mess when he just come in, got a massive mm-hmm. wage, then buckled up. But equally, I think we were realistic. I think, yeah. you know, with Everton, we're not a massive pull for elite managers. As you said, I think we were lucky to get him sort of right place at right time. Um, there's also maybe the sense amongst Evertonians that like the kind of the last quarter of the season had been quite hard to watch. Be, and I know he was working with limited resources, but actually we were like, by the end, it was dire. It was like, really difficult to watch. And there's a, a feeling that maybe like, you know, is he is he the right fit for us? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I think there was mixed feelings really. Um, I think had we known who was coming in, in his place, if we'd known like it was going to be Rafa, we'd be more kind of disappointed because I mean, no... your, um, <laughs> your opinion splitter. Oh. <laughs> Rafa Benitez, I'd say opinion. I think it's, I think I can't. There were very few. I mean, I mean, to be honest, like most Evertonians can't even call him Rafa yet because that's just such a kind of term of affection amongst the poor fans. Yeah, he's, he's still Benitez to us until he wins something. Then we might call him Rafa. Yeah, there. but at the moment, like, seems to be going all right. He's, he seemed... he's just he's a he's a top caliber manager. I mean, I don't think there was yes. one available in the world. Maybe a Conte that you come in, but Conte enters the door. You know, he's got to start kicking tables <laughs> and and throwing chairs and stuff, mate. And it, yeah, you know, he's, you're going to need yeah. he's demanding that 120 million every transfer. Yeah. Middle, you know, yeah. and if everyone don't have, it, especially you know, he's, no. he's trying to build that that fantastic new stadium that he's wanting to build and. Um, yeah, I just I don't think that would have been a good fit. And I think Rafa is like from a football sort of point of view, I think is the your best chance at maybe breaking into that, that top yeah. seven. I oh, I think you're I think you're right. And and, and the key word there is football. And if you if you strip away all the other the emotion. 
trap and all kind of you know the the Liverpool connection and the kind of calling us a small club and that kind of stuff. If you can park that and just look at it in kind of you know cold logical terms, then you're absolutely right. He was the he was really the only the obvious kind of, choice. Yeah, he was, he was the obvious because, choice in the manager. You know, he's yeah, got I'd... connection to the city. He's got a pedigree. He's worked with different budgets. He's worked with different. He's kind of you know he's built up uh, clubs who are maybe not. You know, maybe not kind of going through the doldrums. I mean, Liverpool went at, at, in their best moment when, uh, when he came in. Uh, he did it. Um, it, was a, it was a Valencia, wasn't it? In Spain. Yeah. Yeah. He did it there. He did it, you know, Napoli. I mean, so he's, he's got that kind of track record of maybe, you know, moving a club on. He's also, you know, his, his recent experience with Newcastle. He's with tight budgets and it seems like Everton. Tight I budgets. We're talking about negative. <laughs> negative <laughs> no budgets. What you've yeah. There. <laughs> and I think, you know, clear, clearly with our recent transfer spending, you know, what, one half million this window, clearly things are tighter at Everton than previously were. So, yeah, yeah you're right. He, on paper, it makes sense, doesn't it? makes that? sense. It just, you know, we're not the kind of. But is that um, right? Well, we're not the most. We're not <laughs> like a new the, uniform, isn't it? It's like, oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, how does it feel quite right? Yeah, yeah I need to read well, this a few times before it's going to start. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what was nice. I was at the Southampton game and like, there'd been a lot of. Um, I talk on social media like you know we're not we're not going to march anymore. But actually, when he was when he when he kind of came up came onto the pitch, there was a massive roar, um, and it's it was it felt genuine. It felt like you yeah. know we'll give him you know but he's our manager now. So yeah, what are you going to do? Just you know uh, turn them right away. The thing that concerns me would be inevitably Everton will have a period of bad form because with Everton and then you. It'll be it'll be a, a difficult. And yeah. he's, not a, he's not particularly good in the press, Rafa, and he always struggled against Joseph Mourinho in the press as well, because mm. Joseph is, is such a good, passionate talker and getting. Yeah. I feel like he could always win the game in the, the mind games and stuff like. Rafa was never particularly good at. He's really good at being a lovely guy and coming yeah. across really nice. Yeah. Um, even though he is actually in at football in terms, he is actually quite a, a savagely brutal manager. Yeah. I mean, to get your foot in the door, you look at James Rodriguez and you don't even speak to him. You yeah, just literally done, isn't it? Yeah, it was apparently it was just like Hamas Rodriguez was streaming on Twitch. They were like, "Oh, who are Everton playing?" Well, yeah, I don't it's, 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 don't, it's don't over, isn't it? It's over. And Rafa, I mean, Rafa is like that. He is he very much for the um, the he's a club man rather than a man for the players. He is your boss, <laughs> you know, if you're right. a player at that at that club. You that's, know, that's, that's really interesting because I mean I think um, Everton could do with that. I think, Everton, I think they yeah, and yeah. With a soft side full of kind of people who seem to be there for like a for a cushy payday, we've let you know since I think since Moyes left, we've we've really lacked that kind of um, I suppose like shittiness about the mm-hmm. club, which is what you you need that bit of bite, don't you, mm-hmm. to kind of to kind of make it. And I think um, yeah, if, if that's what he's like, then I think fantastic because I'm sick of watching Everton side just roll over and have been very mm-hmm. tickled. It's just it's about time we kind of. Are the bastard in charge, really, I think? Well, I think so, because, I mean, Steven Gerrard talks a lot openly about it, about how he just never got that arm round the, show, the shoulder from yeah. Rafa, even though he was hugely valued by Rafa, but he was never, like, an arm round the shoulder kind of right? right? Yeah, Gerrard, he, yeah. He, he, he spoke about it often, like, how at the time he would have really appreciated it, but, like, looking back, would he have been the, the player he was if he didn't feel like he had something to prove to his manager? Um, oh, that's really interesting. Constantly linked to yeah. it. Yeah, he's, he's, uh, I've also been a Liverpool fan. I've read a lot of stuff around Rafa. I've read a lot yeah. of stuff about how he's managed and stuff like that. And, you know, even, even though he's a particularly lovely football man, like when, it was, when you guys were playing Leeds as well, I, was just, I wish I could be a fly in the wall for their conversation after. Because they two guys are there, like, when you look at Marcelo oh, yeah. Bielsa and Rafa yeah. Benitez, even though they have yeah. like polar opposite opinions in football, I bet they could sit in a room and talk for 48 oh, hours yeah. without stopping, you know, just it's about the game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, easy. Uh, I think I think that for, from a football, purely football point of view, I think um, Everton done a great a great old job there but, uh, of getting them in. Uh, but, I hope um, so. I really hope so. We are we're coming to our point. Um, I've really really enjoyed the chat. It's been it's been quite yeah, too, it's yeah, been yeah, really in depth, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yes, brilliant. Um, yeah. Thanks very much for coming on. Uh, tell people Thank where they can sir. get your book. So probably best to go to uh, Pitch Publishing's website and then they've got all the links there to like Amazon, Waterstones, that kind of stuff. And um, yeah, and I, I think it's in a few branches of Waterstones as well here and there. Yeah, we'll have all the information on the um, description for this podcast episode. And if you are watching on YouTube, there'll be, there'll be links in the description as well. Um, thanks very much for the viewers. Again, Jim, thank you very much for having, coming on because it was a fantastic conversation. I've really, really Anytime. enjoyed it. Anytime. Really enjoyed that. Cheers. Okay. 
Find more great shows or join the team at sport-social.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.